Welcome to this week's episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. On this week's episode, we fetishize oppression. Let's get started. For many of our listeners, many of you may be aware of an incident that happened this past week that has made headline news all over the world. According to a New York Times article, an airman, Aaron Bushnell, 25 of Whitman, Mass., who worked as a cyber defense operations specialist in the United States Air Force, the article describes Mr. Bushnell appearing to have filmed the protest on Sunday and live-streamed it to social media platform known as Twitch. The New York Times could not confirm who was behind the account that posted the video, meaning it was not posted by himself, but the footage matched the details of the episode that was eventually released by police. A man dressed in army fatigues identified himself in the video as Mr. Bushnell and calls himself an active duty Air Force officer. He says in the video, quote, I will no longer be complicit in genocide. This claim echoes some of the things said by people who are anti-Israel in the current Gaza-Israel war. He also says, quote, I'm about to engage in an extreme act of protest, but compared to what people have been experiencing in Palestine at the hands of their colonizers, it's not extreme at all. Standing in front of the gates of the Israeli embassy in Washington, he sets his phone down, douses himself in a clear liquid from a metal bottle, and then lights himself on fire while yelling, free Palestine, until he eventually falls to the ground. Unfortunately, this airman had succumbed to his wounds and he passed away. And yet, he's been seeming to be called a martyr among many people online. Some people who see this applaud the amazing things that this man did, and the selflessness that he showed for supposedly standing up for people in Gaza. Others point out the absolute mental health crisis that would cause someone to light himself on fire and essentially kill himself for the supposed cause of Gaza. I hate to point out for many people who are listening who probably already realize this, his action didn't cause any difference in the war. So why is it that people seem to do these extreme actions to try and call attention to the problems happening supposedly to the people of Gaza? And for this, I actually remembered something I had seen not too long ago, and it became really, really apparent once I found the clip. I want to play for you a clip that I saw ages ago on the Chris Cuomo show on News Nation, where he interviewed a guest, Iranian-born activist Elika Lebon, spoke with Chris Cuomo about a theory and a belief that she has in regards to this issue that we're seeing rise over the last few weeks and months. People not only protesting the issues that they see in Gaza, but the violence and self-harm that people are doing for supposedly this cause across the world that they kind of don't even know anything about. Here is a clip of what she was telling Chris Cuomo about why she believes things are happening the way they are in Western society right now. So we have this kind of recent history um, where there has been a lot of kind of awakening in this country, right? Awakening as to certain social inequities, social injustice. And with that have, has come a lot of stigma, a stigma of having privilege, right? And this is uh, part of the reason of this problem is this difference between the approach, which has been more shame than accountability. And so you had this experience of a number a number of years of people just being shamed for being who they are or having some type of privilege. And they didn't know how to um, manage that shame. So they internalized it. And that internalized shame 
kind of um, resulted in this desire to disassociate from the stigma of privilege, right? And so where did this outlet for this shame manifest? It manifested in this desire to adopt the identity of those who are suffering, to adopt the identity of those who are oppressed. So when you see, you know, people suffering in Gaza, people uh, suffering in Afghanistan, in Iran, the oppression that they face under their, you know, uh, uh, fundamentalist extremist governments. It's this desire. I, I want to be more like you because I'm so sick of this stigma of privilege. And with that comes enormous, enormous dangers in enabling or exploring these uh, concepts of fundamentalism, which is something that the Middle East, our families have spent, you know, decades, decades trying to I escape. So it's it's an almost perverse fetish fetishization of a suffering that, you know, people here in the West simply cannot understand because it is not a, a cancer of the West. I think what she is suggesting here, which is actually quite brilliant, is that because of this new stigma around white privilege, as many DEI people will say, it has forced a lot of people who have this white privilege to have a lot of shame and guilt and these feelings of not being able to change who they are or what they look like or the privileges they have in our society. And in response to that shame that they feel, they are looking for an outlet to get rid of that shame. And what they're doing essentially is appropriating and fetishizing what's going on in Gaza and in Afghanistan and other places around the world. They want to almost feel like I'm one of them too. So I don't have to feel so guilty about my privilege here. I'm standing up and I'm accepting and appropriating the pain and suffering of someone else. And if I'm going to be honest, I really don't care if you want to appropriate the kafiyah, even though you have no idea what it stands for and the hate behind that symbol. I don't really care if you want to go to a protest and wear one and pretend like you have any idea what Gazans are dealing with or what the kafiyah and the signs of from the river to the sea actually mean. It is essentially the epitome of your white privilege that you get to go out into the streets of America and have the freedom to say such ignorant things. Meanwhile, the people who are in Gaza sure as heck don't have that freedom to wander the streets expressing their personal views. So the irony, of course, is that it's your privilege that allows you to do this. And even the people who are here in America or Canada or the West who are telling you what from the river to the sea means or handing you that sign, those people themselves have probably and most likely never actually stepped foot in Gaza. So when they tell you what's going on in Gaza, it's from essentially social media and from Hamas PR. You can feel like, oh, no, I know because a friend of mine told me what to say or what from the river to the sea means. And that really brings us to the extremes of this issue, which is this guy from the U.S. Air Force who decided to go to the limits of actually killing himself for the cause that he knows nothing about. And this is where we get back to that clip from Elika suggesting that this essentially white man with all the privileges in the world being in the United States, being in the military, obviously paid relatively well for being a military serviceman, had all the rights in the world and for some reason decided to kill himself for essentially a cause he knows nothing about. He is appropriating 
and fetishizing this idea that he's been fed through social media, through the mass media, through all these campaigns of people wandering the streets screaming genocide, genocide, even though I hate to remind my listeners that the ICJ did not call it a genocide and still this man killed himself for the cause of genocide? It makes no sense. And of course, we have to talk about the mental health issue. Anybody willing to kill themselves or set themselves on fire for a cause they know very little about obviously has mental health problems. So that aside, I don't know this man. I've never met him. So this is obviously based on a little bit of assumptions considering what he's done. I'm assuming he had so much shame as an American white privileged person who is not really a minority or down on their luck, don't really understand what suffering and oppression really means. And he's essentially tried to take on the Gazan people's oppression by Hamas, by the way, and set himself on fire to prove what, to prove what point. It literally doesn't make any sense. And when we see these people get violent and angry and put on their kafias, the whitest, most privileged people in all of America and the UK and Canada. And all they're kind of doing is living out this appropriated fantasy world where they fetishize themselves as these resistance fighters. It's the same reason why we see people openly supporting Hamas. White, privileged American people are supporting the Houthi rebels and Hamas because they feel like they want to be part of the resistance too. They want to appropriate that pain and suffering. Unfortunately, it's not under the people they say it is, but they're appropriating that to go out and cause trouble and damage and riot, all in the name of a cause that they really don't know anything about. Maybe it's to give them purpose or feeling of worth and value because they've been told that you as a regular old white American person really are just privileged and you have everything to be blamed for. And they're trying so hard to wipe that blame and that privilege by appropriating someone else's struggle. This must be why we see all over North America and Europe, for that matter, all of these people acting like, I hate to use the term, animals. We see regular white privileged people wandering around major city streets, harassing, stabbing, killing, breaking windows of Jewish businesses. It is like complete anarchy. And they're kind of wanting to not only appropriate the Gazan people's struggle and suffering, but they are trying to like become part of the resistance themselves. Let me go and damage a Jewish business that has nothing to do with Israel. Let me go and attack a Jew in the street, which has nothing to do with Israel. Let me go and spit on somebody. This is what they're doing to try and get into the body and the mind and the suffering of a Gazan person who, by the way, many of those people do the exact same thing. We have seen the Gazan people spitting on corpses, attacking Jewish people, raping women. And they're trying to like live out this weird fantasy of being part of that. If I can be honest, it kind of feels like that movie, The Purge, where for 12 hours, there are no rules and no laws and everyone can do literally whatever they want as an outlet for their anger and frustration and pain and suffering. You have all these privileged American people going out and causing chaos and anarchy and getting to live out their wildest fantasies and dreams of being a hateful, anti-Semitic person. It really has no excuse other than to have an outlet for their rage 
And what they're doing is taking that social media stuff that they're seeing and focusing that rage and that hate on the Jewish communities around the world that really have nothing to do with Israel. It is just a target to be allowed to attack because society has now made it acceptable to be anti-Semitic as long as you pretend it's anti-Israel. So it's almost like they get to be a Gazan for a day. For a day, they get to go out, put on the keffiyeh, scream and yell and call for intifada and threaten Jews and attack businesses. And it seems to be, for the most part, unfortunately, Western countries are allowing it to happen. They get to live out their wildest fantasies with no consequences because there are so many people with them all living out this fantasy that the police can't really do anything about it. So they get away with it. And just in case anyone is wondering where this idea comes from, aside from obviously October 7th, but reports have been coming out of Gaza of aid trucks going in, the aid that is so desperately desired by the people of Gaza that the world is talking about how terrible not enough aid is getting in. Those trucks are being attacked every single time. Drivers have been killed throwing rocks and tipping over trucks and killing the drivers who are bringing them the aid that they supposedly want. This is the anarchy that we are seeing in the West trying to emulate Gaza. And it's this fetishization that was so poignantly brought up that we are seeing all over the West and unfortunately aiming it at the wrong place. You know, going to the Israeli embassy, first of all, is not going to help. But the reality is it is Hamas who has yet again not joined the ceasefire. They're all calling for ceasefires, all the people in North America calling for ceasefires, and it is Hamas who yet again cannot create a ceasefire. But Israel's being blamed, because why not? The social media accounts are claiming that's whose fault it is, so I'm going to go out and I'm going to burn myself or protest in front of the Israeli embassy because this is their fault. And since I'm appropriating that feeling and that oppression, I believe I too am now being oppressed by the state of Israel. So I'm going to go burn myself or do something destructive at an Israeli embassy or at a synagogue or at a community center that is marked for Jewish people. In the end, it is honestly so disturbing to see the purge-like treatment of all the people in the West being attacked for no reason other than the fact that they're Jewish or it's a Jewish business or it's a Jewish area. And yet nobody's doing anything about it. The West is allowing these shamed, white, privileged people from all over the world to live out their wildest fantasies of Jew hate and taking on the supposed oppressor, Israel, who is not the oppressor, and ignore Hamas and inspire to be just like Hamas because they have appropriated and fetishized this idea of resistance because it's what they've been seeing online and on media and on CNN, MSNBC. All of these media outlets are bombarding people with these images that are completely manipulated by Hamas PR. And it's getting these people across the entire world to kill themselves for this idea that they too want to be part of the oppressed. So they too can feel like they're doing something in this world, even though it's completely fake and manufactured and based on misinformation. There are a lot of people who are at fault for this situation, whether it's the media sources for telling false narratives, the social media accounts for putting out completely fake information and silencing on multiple occasions people who put out the truth and the facts. 
Those leaders of the supposed pro-Palestinian, I would call anti-Israel protests, who essentially brainwash and shame anybody who comes to their events to make sure they are on the side of the oppressed, to the point of these people going out and causing harm to others or setting themselves on fire and killing themselves? There is a lot of blame to go around here. Most of all is society as a whole has unfortunately gone down the road of promoting Jew hate and shaming white privilege to the point that we've now turned anybody who has any kind of privilege from an ally that can use that privilege to help to weaponizing those people into attacking others. There is a reason why we see the supposed Palestinian cause infiltrating almost every other social action group. We see them get involved with BLM. We see them getting involved with almost every human rights and social justice fight claiming that they're one in the same. And the reason is because they know that they can activate these people to use their power and their oppression as a weapon against the Jews and against the Jewish people. If you hate colonization, we will call Israel colonizers. If you hate white people, we are going to say that the Israelis are white people. If you are pro-LGBTQ plus people, we'll claim Israel is a terrible place for gay people, even though the reality is everywhere else in the Middle East is a terrible place for gay people. We will turn Israel into the punching bag and the Jewish people into the target of all of your current hate. And we will direct all of that anger and fear towards the Jewish people and anything that stands for the state of Israel. Because like what Elika Laban says, we have forced these people into shame and they have now internalized that shame and aimed it directly towards the Jews and Israel because they've appropriated and fetishized the oppression that they are seeing around the world, something that they've never experienced, but wish they did. This has been another episode of the Jewish Diaspora Report. Don't forget to check us out on social media at jdr.podcast and check out some of our other episodes on your favorite podcast source. We'll see you next time.